Good morning, everyone. And a very warm welcome to Worship with Paisley St George's. Welcome if you have joined us for the first time. Welcome if you're with us online. No matter where you are, you are welcome in God's house. Take a moment to say hello to the folks around you. And while you're doing that, I'm going to get an order of service. And you are all welcome to join us in the main hall for tea and coffee at the end of worship. Now, if you're new or if you're not sure where the main hall is, because I know this is a rabbit warren, you go out that door, you turn right, and you go through the doors, and you gradually just follow the noise. Okay? Our call to worship, we say together the words printed in bold. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. O Lord, may we open ourselves in worship. O Lord, may we appreciate the cost of calling. O Lord, receive our praise. Let's stand, if able, to worship God by singing the first hymn on our order of service, hymn 97. O God, you search me and you know me.
And now we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we have gathered in this space to worship you. We have gathered online to worship you. We have gathered to worship you in our music, in our praise, in our words, and in the silence. We have gathered to listen for your word for us. The words of scripture, the words of a neighbour, the word in the silence. We praise you, creator of the world and our creator. For you have known us and loved us since before we were born. We praise you, Jesus Christ, God's living son, who taught us by example and through countless stories. We praise you, Spirit God, God with us in the world today, strengthening and supporting us. O oh Lord, you have searched us and you know us. You know when we sit down and when we stand up. You can read our thoughts from far away. You search us out and you know all our ways. And so hear, hear us, loving God, as we confess our weaknesses and failings. Bring us into the light of your love as we seek you for your mercy and forgiveness. May we know your mercy and grace in Jesus, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. How are you all? Good. I wonder, anybody want to have a look? Ah, come on, Miller and Ben, come and have a look. Come and have a look. What's in it? It's a box. Mm. It's heavy. It's a, it's a version of. Have you ever played this game? Yeah. Yeah. Je what's it called? Jenga. Right. Are we going to play it? Do you know how to play it? Yeah. Right. Let's see if we can get it built up first. Come on out. We've got a table. Because I thought a table was a good idea because it'll balance better than that. Sometimes I can cheat and sometimes it'll come out the box reasonably nicely oh that's not bad okay is that not how you play Jenga right so how do you play Jenga Miller do you know what do you have to do you have to right okay so you have to take one out and what do you do with the one you've taken out Oh, you put it on top, right. So, who's the youngest? Miller? Will we let you go first, Miller? No? Okay, and you're not allowed to take the top one. Who wants to go first? Who wants to Oh, right, okay. Right, on you go. Oh. 
<laughs> this is when I wish we had a camera and screen so you could really see what's happening. You going to try next, Miller? Or we go this way round? Do you want to have a go? Have you played this before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Right, Alexander. Whoa. Ben. I'm going to be trying another one. Not a better choice. Right, Miller. Right, it's going up in the top now. Oh. Well, we're good at this. We're good at taking the bricks from the bottom and putting them on the top. It's Ennis, isn't it? Or, oh, Ennis. Joe. Oh. oh, there we go. They're awfully good at this. <laughs> Is it unstable? Because oh. you've got two things to think about, haven't you? Because you've got to dismantle it and you've to build it up. Oh, 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 oh. it's getting shugly. Oh, it's getting shugly. Right, Miller, is it your turn again? And they're getting advice from one another. And they're listening to big brothers and sisters, which is nice. Oh. It's getting a bit twisted here, isn't it? has been a wee bit testing them all. Right, Ennis? Oh. oh, well done. Joe? Well, it wasn't quite the top. I think we'll let that one go. Oh, that's a brave one. <coughs> that's an awfully brave one. Oh, we've, we've decided that's maybe not such a good one. But that's right from the very bottom. Middles are easy. Aha, uh -huh, if they slip out. But now it's getting harder to balance. We're having to think about how we build a tower as well, aren't we? And we maybe don't need to sugar the table either, do we? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. What's quite interesting? 
interesting to see is that the children are helping one another and giving one another a bit of advice. So it's always good when we're working to work together. Ah, there we go. Well done. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was me that shook the table. It doesn't matter. Right, was that good? What was hard about it? Taking the bricks out. Figuring out which ones would keep it up, yeah. Uh-huh. And then when you were coming up near the top, trying, what did you have to do? Stack it. Stack it, uh-huh, so that they all balanced to build the biggest, oh, we're going to build towers now, and we're going to play, not dominoes, yeah. All sorts of things that we can do with bricks. We don't have time to do it again, Priya, I'm sorry. And anyway, you'll be having lots of fun when you go out, won't you? Mm-hmm. And what we're thinking about is to build something up, we need strong foundations and we need to place everything carefully when we build things. So we're going to be thinking about that later on with the going ups but thank you very much for your help. And it's amazing what a pile of bricks does for some young folk and maybe not so young folk, you're maybe all sitting there going, I wouldn't have minded a shot. Right, you're going to go and sit down again? No, you're going to do that. And when you do that, you've got to plan it carefully, haven't you Joe? Sorry, Innes. You've got to plan your dominoes. Innes had built dominoes to knock over. You've got to plan that carefully. So you've got to plan all sorts of things carefully. And we want to build a strong church. And a strong church is made up of all of us. And we're going to sing of that in, from the blue book, the little blue book, for I'm building a people of power. And it is number 90. Thank you. And I think we'll sing it through twice. But I'm building a people of power.
turnout, our intimations, and it's that time of year, the time of year when so many things are restarting. The exercise class on Mondays starts this Monday tomorrow at 12 noon in the lower hall. Come along for fun and keep fit. Needles and Pins starts on Tuesday morning at half past ten. Again, I think, in the, lesson, in the lower hall here. Yes, right, thank you. Friendly Hour starts the new session on Tuesday at 2pm. And you have the pleasure of listening to my dulcet tones on Tuesday afternoon. Old and new members will be made very welcome. At the same time, the Connect Hub will meet at the Outreach Centre from half past one to three o'clock. And that takes the form of a short informal half hour service followed by tea and coffee. Why not give it a try and bring friends along with you? The Bible study group meets on Tuesday, this Tuesday in the Outreach Centre at 7 p.m. Lots of things happening on Tuesdays, I know. So just blank out a Tuesday. Just don't let anything else encroach on your Tuesdays. We bit of advance notice that it is intended to hold a Macmillan coffee morning on Saturday the 24th of September from 10.30 to 12.30 at St George's Outreach Centre at Nethercakes Drive. Tickets priced £2 will be on sale on the following two Sundays or pay at the door. If you're able to provide baking, please see Anne Sellers or if you're able to help on the day, please see Jennifer Nichols. And please bring your friends with you, tell them about it because it's a... <laughs> It's a charity that I think is close to most people's hearts. Now, the next one on the back of the order of service should have been changed. We didn't get an uptake for the evening barbecue, the late afternoon barbecue and beetle drive. So the decision was made that we will have an after church lunch barbecue next Sunday, the 11th of September, £2. So that is instead of the Saturday. So next Sunday, bring your purses with you. <laughs> bring your purses with you and you can pay for that. But not only that, bring your purses with you because as we've heard, gentlemen, wallets as well, you're not getting away with it either. We've all heard on the news about the dreadful flooding in Pakistan and that the Disasters Emergency Committee has an appeal ongoing for that. So next Sunday there will be the opportunity to make a donation to the Disasters Emergency Committee appeal. So please, I know quite often nowadays we come out without money, please remember to put some money in your pockets and we hope you'll stay for lunch as well. These are all the intimations. So we turn now to scripture which will be read for us by Barbara, one of our elders. Good morning. This morning I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. The first reading is Psalm 139, verses 1 to 6 and 13 to 18. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. 
Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. And verse, from verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my uniformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are youth, your thoughts, O Lord. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Amen. The second reading is from St. Luke chapter 14, 25 to 33. The cost of being a disciple. Large crowds were travelling with Jesus and turning to them he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife, and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my <coughs> disciple. Amen, and may God add his blessing to his holy word. Thank you, Barbara. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 402, Take Up Your Cross, the Saviour Said, hymn 402. <coughs>
Lord, you have examined me and you know me. The words from today's psalm, comforting or scary. I'm sure that I'm not alone in thinking that there are bits of me that I want God to see and that there are other bits of me that I would rather hide away. Things that I've done and actions that I have not taken of which I am ashamed. God knows us. He knows us through and through. He knows us from beginning to end. He knows us from conception to birth to life to death. God knows us and he loves us. He loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to live amongst us, to teach us, to show us, to give up his life for us, to rescue us from all that we've done wrong and from the good we've failed to do, to challenge us to take up our cross and to follow him. And this morning's gospel reading has some really challenging words, challenging words of Jesus, words that seem to go against Jesus' message of love. For they're words that in some translations exhort us to hate those whom we hold dear. And turning to that New Testament reading, I think it's interesting to compare different translations. The authorised version and the New International version that Barbara read for us talk about hating father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life. The Good News Version puts it differently, puts it like this, those who come to me cannot be my disciples unless they love me more than they love father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and themselves as well. Or as the message says, Anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self, can't be my disciple. When I was preparing for this earlier in the week, I came across a little note somewhere, I am sure, that said that the word hate didn't really translate from the Greek, that the translation would be better as bound. And that is, in a way, what the message is talking about being bound and needing to let go of things before we can follow Jesus. But the language of the Middle East is always as vivid as the human mind can make it. But no matter what translation we read, the message is clear. If we want to follow Jesus, we have to put him first. If we want to follow Jesus, then there is no love in life that can compare with the love that we must have for him. And there is certainly no love in life that can compare with the love that Jesus has for each and every one of us. But Jesus asks us to make a big commitment. It's not a commitment to be made lightly. It's a commitment that needs thinking through. It's a commitment that needs long-term, lifelong commitment. There's no other word for it. And in today's gospel reading, from the examples given about the tower building and the king's army, it's clear that Jesus wants us to work out just what it will cost us to follow him. Take time and sit down. 
Don't be afraid to question. Making a commitment to follow Jesus is no bed of roses. It is such a step that you should pause and consider. Taking time to count the cost of putting him first in your life, above your family and friends, and yes, even yourself. Making a compromise is not on the agenda. It's all or nothing. Take time and sit down. Jesus is not commanding you to throw away your life. Jesus is not commanding you to become a mindless zombie. He wants you to take stock of what you already have and to take stock of where you are now before you commit yourself to him and let him be the centre of your life. Whatever the gifts or talents you have, they cannot be your top priority, but they can be interwoven with prayer, letting God enrich them, letting God use them, so that we can share God with other people. God knows us. We heard that from the psalm. God knows us. He knew us from before we were born. He knit us together. He knit our very bones together in our mother's womb. God knows us. And Jesus, well, Jesus talks of the counting the cost of following him, putting him before everything and everyone else. And I suppose the point of these sayings of Jesus is that making a decision to follow Jesus is not a decision which should be taken lightly. It's a decision which should be, should be made knowing what it might mean. It should be made with our eyes wide open, wide open to the potential good that it will bring, but also wide open to the cost. It's maybe a wee bit out with the ken of the Church of Scotland, but I think it's within most of our ken, being caught up in the fervour of a moment with emotive music playing, a powerful orator calling you forward with talk of blessings and riches to follow. Well, that might not be the best way to properly evaluate Jesus' call to follow. However much it might enable healthy church statistics, maybe another form of idolatry, but rather Jesus is provoking those who seek to follow him in order to provide some kind of selection process. He's giving those who are not fully committed to him the chance, the opportunity to step back. While at the same time, for those who are prepared to commit their lives to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus no matter where that may lead, then they are doing so in the knowledge that it has been their decision to do so, in the knowledge of what they are being asked to do. Because Jesus is leaving us in no doubt as to what he calls us to do. And we're living just now in a time of massive change and challenge, both in the, in the UK, in Scotland, in the wider world, and within the church. And there is this question of balance between realism and hopeful optimism. The Church of Scotland is seeking to move forward, to be church with mission at its heart, to be church, and we are church. We, the people, are church. And these changes, these changes will not be easy. 
So maybe this is a good time to think about how much we are committed to following Jesus. For it's possible, if you like, to be a camp follower without being a soldier. Someone once said to a university lecturer, oh, I was speaking to so-and-so during the week, and she tells me that she was one of your students. The lecturer commented bluntly, well, she may have attended my lectures, but she was never one of my students. I think we get the message. We can be a hanger-on. And Jesus does not want hangers-on. Jesus wants people who are fully committed. But let's remember that what Jesus calls us to do, Jesus will give us the strength to do that. He will give us the knowledge to do what he calls us to do. He doesn't leave us on our own. But in today's gospel, Jesus tells the crowd that staying with him is going to be hard. They need to really want to do this. And we're aware of that when we think of the stories of the disciples on the beach, just leaving their nets, leaving their livelihood to go and follow Jesus. They gave up everything to do that. And the disciples of Jesus, his followers, need to be determined enough, need to be determined enough to walk to the cross with him. For Jesus, when he speaks, knows that he is on the way to Jerusalem. He knows what that will mean. But why? Why are they following? They need to prioritise. We need to prioritise. No one else, nothing else. Have they really thought about it? Have we really thought about it? Like the tower builder and the king, they need to be sure before they commit. I wonder who we would relate to in the crowd following Jesus. Would we be one of the disciples who has given up everything to follow him and who recognises that being a follower is challenging and they are ready to follow him to the cross? Would we be ready to go to a cross ourselves? Or are we one of the crowd enjoying the feel-good factor of following? But it's not changing who we are. At some point, if that's the case, we will stop. What difference does it really make to be a follower of Jesus? What are the consequences? The cost of following is not the cost of a flat screen TV, the cost of a holiday, the cost of a new sofa. The cost of following is not the cost of a car, the cost of the weekly shop, the cost of a new outfit. The cost of following is not the cost of a train journey, the cost of a book, the cost of an illness. It is the cost of saying, Love your neighbour and showing it. It is the cost of believing I am the resurrection and letting ourselves be renewed in spirit and action. It is the cost of trusting. Behold, I make all things new and engaging in that renewal. It is the cost of not storing up riches for yourself and sharing what life we have with others. The cost of letting someone strike you in both cheeks and walking away 
even as everyone thinks you are a fool. The cost of knowing that we do not live by bread alone and dividing that very bread with the rich and the hungry. The cost of enacting, give to everyone who asks you and finding a new way to live together in order to do so. The cost of loving your enemy and the outcry this shape of justice brings. It is the cost of being a disciple, picking up the cross and traveling the journey of word into flesh. In these difficult times, times of rising inflation, increased cost of fuel, uncertainty of our parliament, as we wait the election of a new Tory party leader and new prime minister, the damage caused to our planet by the actions of human beings, damage that leads to increased flooding in some parts like Pakistan, that leads to drought in others, the times of war, large and small, and the knock-on effects that these have the war in Ukraine and the reduction in the production of food, the blocking of gas supplies. All of this affects the production and distribution of food and energy. And as we look forward to the winter, we as disciples of Jesus need to see how we can reach out to others, how we can love our neighbour, how we can come together to support one another in these difficult days ahead. We do so because we are called to follow Christ. And following Christ, while well, Christ made it clear, it is not easy. But if we are daunted, and we will be daunted by the high demands of Christ, then let us remember, let us never forget that we're not left to fulfill <laughs> these demands alone. For Jesus Christ, who calls us to that steep road, to that walk to the cross, Jesus has gone before us and Jesus will be with us every step of the way. Jesus will be with us as we walk every step of his way. And let us be in absolutely no doubt that when we come to the end of this earthly life, Jesus will be there to greet us. Thanks be to God. Amen. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 510. Jesus calls us here to meet him and we're going to omit verse 4. Hymn number 510.
now, as the choir sing the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward. Thank you, choir. And now let's dedicate our offerings in prayer. Let's pray. <coughs> Lord God, our gift giver, our giver of all good things, we offer these tokens as symbols of the offering of our whole selves. Take the money we offer for the building of your kingdom. Take the offering of ourselves and guide us to where we can use our gifts each day. May your kingdom come, now and always. Amen. And now we bring before God our prayers of thanksgiving and our prayers for this world in which we live. Let's pray. Merciful God, we thank you for the life you give us, for the people who journey with us, and for the wonders of the natural world that never cease to amaze us. Your unconditional love for creation is overwhelming to us and we are in awe of it all. Your love continues to pour out upon the world and you invite us to work with you, putting all else behind us and building your kingdom of love and service here and now. Lord God, you long for the world to become a place where all are welcome, where all live in peace. You desire people to work together to bring equality and justice for everyone. Lord, we hear your call and we ask for your help as we contemplate what you are asking us, remembering all you have given for us and knowing that you ask little in return even when at times a little can seem a lot. Lord, we pray for all who know and love you already, for all who use their gifts to build your kingdom and who willingly accept the cost of their service. 
Lord, we pray for all who don't know you yet, but who strive to make the world a better place based on love and justice. May they come to know you as we do, and may they continue to serve you. Lord, we pray for all who have come to know you, but feel the cost is too much to bear, and who choose to live their life their way. May they know you will always be there for them and welcome them when they are ready to return. May they have a sense of your presence in their lives, no matter what choices they make. Lord, we pray for all who are coming to know you and wondering what you are asking them to do. We pray for all who are considering a call to some kind of ministry in the church. May they be open to your call and willing to take the risk of serving you in this way. Lord, we pray for your church, facing the cost of fewer members and restructuring. May all the pruning and change bring new growth and life, preparing your church for this next phase of kingdom building. Lord, we pray for all who are sick, for those who are struggling to make ends meet, for whom there is too much month at the end of the wages, for those who have fled their country, leaving family members behind. We pray for those who are approaching the end of their earthly life. We pray for those who are bereaved and missing the presence of a beloved family member or friend. Lord, in a moment of silence, we bring you our unspoken prayers. Prayers perhaps that we cannot even put into words but you search us and you know us. Lord, we offer all these prayers and are thankful that you promise to answer them in your own time and way. Help us to be ready to receive and act on the answers when they come. All this we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Saviour. Amen. We close this morning's service of worship by standing to sing hymn number 513, Courage Brother Do Not Stumble, hymn 513.
now to love the Lord by serving him in the world and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.